my name is Jacob, and I am a Norse pagan, and welcome to episode 65 of the Folk Podcast. Today, we have a fun guest, and we're going to talk about a fun subject. Uh, so it's interesting, this guest, because, Sean, at this point, we're just friends. I don't even know, like, we've talked over a year now. Yeah, well, it's been, uh, I think, a little longer than a year. Yeah, we're closing think, on two years. Right? I think yeah. I first contacted you in March uh, of 2020, I think. Yeah, something like that. Actually, it was earlier than that, and you had plans to meet up in March, and then COVID and shit like that. Oh, right, right. Yeah, so at this point, Sean and I, uh, Sean is from OC and the Jupiter, the band. Um, and so uh, many of you probably know the song Balder is probably where most people know the music from, but also you might know him from the Wisdom Voting channel because I have done an interview with him. And then we have also uh, created a music video together with his song Appalachia, which is what we're actually here to talk about today. Uh, but Sean, for anyone who might not know who you are, do you want to give us a brief description to the audience of who you are and what you're doing? Um, well, who am I? I am. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I said no deep questions, right? And you're like, wait, who yeah. am I? Who am I? Uh, so I'm a musician from Ohio, um, not not in Appalachia, Ohio, but uh, very close to PA, like Appalachia, Allegheny, and uh, about the same distance from the south, like in uh, Appalachia, Ohio. But I don't actually necessarily live in Appalachia, Ohio. Just to put that straight, like I have family that grew up in like Tennessee, that live in Tennessee or lived in Tennessee, and I have family that live in PA and West Virginia. So, I think technically um, Ohio is still in the <laughs> uh, like Appalachia Plateau region because even yes, Kentucky, foothills. yeah, the foothills. Because yeah. Kentucky's technically yeah. in the Plateau region. It isn't until you get to Tennessee that you actually get the the mountains itself. Yeah, um, it's weird because. Uh, Hawking Hills, that well, Chillicothe, Hawking Hills, that that area gets pretty mountainous in Ohio. Well, even when and, I was up to see you, like that waterfall we went to, what was it in Akron? It, well, the Cuyahoga Valley runs from uh, Valley View, well, kind of the edge of Valley View all the way down to Akron. So it's almost from Cleveland to Akron. It's like the strip of national forest that's just surrounded by city. <laughs> this is so weird. That's um, Ohio for you. Right. Well, uh, before we move into today's subject, which is actually talking about Appalachia and uh, and hill magic and the feeling of that and how it's influenced uh, Sean's writings and, of course, how uh, myself and Baker have grown up in this region or at least lived in this region for a while, um, I do want to give it to um, Caleb and Ian if you guys have any questions. Because at this point, I, I've seen Sean drunk. I've seen all there is to him. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> Pretty hungover. So, Right. Well, not necessarily today, but like just in general. Like, I think, shoot, we've been drunk together a couple of times now. Yeah. Um, so, Baker, uh, Ian, do you guys have any questions for Sean with uh, his work or his spiritual practice or anything like that? Um, floors are your eyes. Yeah, I feel like we'll kind of just run into it as it comes. I don't have anything off the top of my head right now. <laughs> I mean, the, the only question I've got at the moment uh, would be like how, how being like uh, in this region has like has affected your music. But, you know, you can kind of see that with the, uh, you know, it has the folky aspect, you use banjos, things like that. But, yeah. you know, that's kind of part of the culture of uh, the mountains. I got a cheater banjo. It's a six string. Oh, no. So it's too new a guitar. <laughs> should, so should, a, I, should I cut that out for your safety? No, no. It's good <laughs> I'm not going to lie to people. That's why in the, in the music video, I say Appalachia. And I'm not from the South, man. Uh, it's like I'm like Ohio is like a split state, like of south and north. It, it, like it's weird. Um, 
but it's uh yeah so in the music video i say appalachia because i'm not from appalachia you know so what is the what is the difference like appalachia appalachia because everyone i know around here calls it appalachia yeah so yeah oh sorry i didn't mean to cut you off sean (laughs) tennessee west virginia virginia it's appalachia Uh, it's in georgia and stuff where are you from caleb Uh, i live in tennessee i grew up in uh, southwest virginia isn't it a like Appalachia? Yeah, like I've around only ever, yeah, I've only ever known it as the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I've only like the only people I've ever heard call it Appalachia are people from up north. Yeah, <laughs> up north in Kentucky. <laughs> Yankees. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. I don't put sugar in my grits. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, so um, so Appalachia. It's okay. So this is weird. Maybe uh, the southern parts. Appalachia, and then when you go in the mountains from PA up, it's called Appalachia. It's like a little domino effect, right? I think uh, I think Appalachia is like the, the correct pronunciation that the uh, the natives English. gave the mountains. I think the natives. Not, I think that's where Appalachia, like the word Appalachia, comes from. But I don't know for sure. I've, I've heard that that's where the word originally yeah. was a native tribe. Ian, do research. But I don't know. Click clack. Interesting. Okay, yeah. on it. All right, we'll have, we'll have Ian searching that. Uh, screen goes dark. Start searching. <laughs> yeah, there he goes. He's gone. <laughs> Going dark. What's <laughs> um, the Isa rune for Ian? I for Ian. Yeah, I was about to say worse. Just I for Ian. Isa. <laughs> I mean, he is in Minnesota, so technically, I mean, they're on like already a few inches of snow up there. Oh yeah, there he goes. I'll meet myself real quick while I do this. Yeah, we're getting, we got six inches of snow last night and we're getting more as, as I speak. Let's see, where does the term Appalachia? Let's see if I can even spell it. All right, you got this, Ian. All right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Sean, I guess, uh, you know, a question I could ask you is, um, you know, we see that, tra- I, I feel like from your music, we see that transition more uh, from the more Nordic, you know, fantasy elements, more towards, you know, the Appalachian music. Um, as far as like the yeah, songs yeah. Appalachia, you know, um, the Binding Will of Mountains, uh, which I said that one right this time. I always like, I feel like I add an extra word. It's the Binding Will of Mountains, right? Or is it the Binding? The now you're fucking with me. Can I guess <laughs> on this? Yeah, Are you gonna look at Spotify? Yeah, we don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, well, it, the, the Binding Will of Mountains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, I think you're right. Yeah. And so it's like, um, was that transition something that was like came naturally throughout your work or is it something that you kind of steered the direction, so to speak? So the first album was all acoustic and folky. Hmm. And then the sec, the second, the, the hall halls of the wolf. That's the first album. It came yeah. out like uh, 2016. It just got re released after my first album got, got released by Eisenwald. My, I mean, my second album, I can't even talk. Am I rambling? No, you're fine. This is a podcast, homie. Like, okay, it's all good. <laughs> there you go. Rambling is part it, of the game, right? That's yeah. how we. How do you think we get the hour run times? You know, you got to ramble. Yeah, it's all this rambling stuff. Um, so Uthling Howl and Nord Liege Runeskog were concept albums. So everything has a Norse base, but not Norse base because it's eclectic still. But I, right. I mainly draw more towards not like Norse myths. Norse gods and Germanic paganism, but I also follow some other stuff too. So it's kind of my own little thing. Eclectic. Yeah. Sounds like you're click clacking on something eclectic. 
Yeah, well, Ian's click clacking over there doing some research for us for sure. <laughs> I did um, find it. Oh, did you? Okay, bring it up. Okay, so it does come from uh, a Native American village near present-day Tallahassee in Florida. Um, it is transcribed in Spanish as in Spanish as Appalachian, and so it's just A P A L C H E N. And then it was originally the name of the Appalachee, uh, which is a group of people from northwestern Florida. Um, so Baker, Caleb, you were pretty on point with that coming from a, Tennessee a one. Tribe. It means it means dwelling on dwelling on one side or from the other side. So I wonder if it's because it was on the other side of the mountains or on a different side of the a river or something like that. It's because huh, it's kind of like <clears throat> weird. The more, huh. the more you know. I would have thought that it came from uh, either like the, one of the Cherokee or that's what, what are I some thought. of the others like um. Well, I'm trying to think of the other southern tribes. Are Choctaw southern or is that I think more it's, yeah, Choctaw. Zach, where are you at? We got to contact Zach. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. It's, it's, it's Choctaw. Choctaw is one of the other southern, tri uh, southern tribes near Florida because there was a high school that I used to live next to that was called Choctaw High School. Choctaw. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I mean, I, it is it is interesting because like um, as far I feel like I need to say Appalachian now, but I'm not going to go against what I, I said in the past. So Appalachian. Um, <laughs> so as far as like Appalachian like mythology, it's weird because it's not like we have a we don't have a book for it. We definitely don't have like a poetic edit or a prose edit or anything like that. It's more of a collection of folk tales, really. Yeah. So it's uh, it, so uh, uh, Kayla would probably know this, but it's different in each family, right, or each group in the area you grew up in. Am I right, Caleb? Yeah, like there's little little things that I grew up hearing, uh, which at the moment I'm having trouble remembering, but I'm, I know I know that there was all kinds of little things that I've learned here or there. Like I, well, like one little odd thing was I remember hearing about, so I think it had something to do with like either the Civil War or the Revolutionary War, this, the, this tale of like um, this soldier who had lost his head to a cannonball or something like that. Let's hope that, yeah. And you could see him like wandering through like part of like what used to either be his home or on his way to the battle. I never could understand it exactly which it was, but that was something I grew up with in Southwestern Virginia. Oh, that's cool. That's uh, I, um, what was it? Um, so like the horseshoe thing, uh, it's, you have the horseshoe uh, up, up ways, uh, so luck comes in but you have it down to protect right and you put that over your doorway to protect from sp spirits coming in your house yeah, right? no, my family actually didn't do that um okay that's actually the first i've heard of that okay well yeah mm -hmm. i mean that's the thing it's all regional i mean honestly it's a great analogy for what probably happened during you know the pre-christian times in scandinavia and, uh, and germania is you know it was all just a collection of local folk tales that got transcribed to a larger broader religion over time and fused together but for the most part a lot of things are very localized tellings that some got oh, yeah. preserved some's different some different didn't one thing one thing from like my childhood that i still practice today as far as like it's my own like little folklore thing is the fact that if somebody hands me a knife and they have opened they have opened it i'm going to hand it back to them to close it because i'm going to cut myself on it if i don't and that's a thing that's yeah, a thing I heard all about that. where i'm from yeah i actually heard about that 
I don't know where I heard about that. It wasn't in my family or anything like that, but I've heard somebody else say something like that before. Uh, what about the penny in the shoe? You, like you take up the sole of your shoe and put like a penny underneath for, uh, you know, safe travels or like good luck or something like that. I hadn't heard that one. I think, I've, I think been... I've heard of that one before. Is that more of a yeah. Kentucky area? I think so. Thing? I, I like, I'm pretty sure I've heard that within my family before. Yeah. You'd like take up the sole of your shoe. You put a penny in it. And it has to be um, uh, heads up and put that back down and just keep it in your shoe. And it's supposed to help you with luck and kind of protect you on your way and stuff. Like tre uh, tread lightly or not tread lightly, but tre uh, to tread safely or something like that. Don't tread on me. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for, I'm just now like searching like Appalachian, uh, like folk legends and stuff like that online to see if there's any that we can kind of dive into. Um, but one thing I can say from my family is I am like 95% convinced that one of my great grandmothers or great, great grandmothers was actually like an Appalachian, like folk witch. Um, so she is actually the closest descendant I have to my, uh, like to Cherokee heritage. So she was full Cher full blooded Cherokee and she married my, uh, my great, great grandfather. And so I'm like one sixteenth or whatever, which is why I don't usually talk about it, but it's in, it's in my family line. Uh, her name was Alice. Um, at least what I know of. And, uh, she, everyone, the only stories I've ever heard about her is how witchy she looked. And she had like hair all the way down to her legs. Like it was like, and it, the only picture that exists is it's like, like pure white hair that goes all the way down to her legs. And she looks super, super witchy. And um, just like that line of the family is the one that lived down in like Manchester, Kentucky, like in the hills, in the hollers. And, you know, she was like a super independent woman and took no crap and, you know, stuff like that. And it, I, definitely all the stories around it made it sound like she was definitely into some witchy stuff. Right in Cumberland, that area, a little like bit. Cumberland area, yeah, a little bit. Uh, Manchester is now past London, so it's okay. like east of London, something like that. I got you. I'm just, I'm just trying to imagine like what Appalachian like hill magic is now, because like I've, you know, I've, I've so, been to like the closest to the, the Appalachians that I've been was when going through Kentucky and Tennessee, and like the Red River Gorge is basically the the closest that I have been. Obviously, being from Minnesota, so it's. I'm just trying to picture like what that kind of energy or like what that would be. Cause like being in the gorge, I definitely felt old. Just dude, old. you're you're so close to the, to the Dakotas that it's nuts. It's beautiful in the Dakotas, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it depends on like what areas. More like the like South Dakota and like South uh, Southwestern or Southwestern or North Dakota. Yeah, because Eastern North Dakota is just pretty flat farmlands, which is where I'm closer to right now. Gotcha. Yeah, he's like an hour what? away from Fargo, something like that. Yeah. Oh, from Fargo. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's a real place. <laughs> that, that laughter, like, what's what's this like? Oh no, the show Fargo, oh, like, yeah. like yeah, it's, it's a, snow, it's a, and, like, yeah, it's yeah. an accurate representation. The movie and the TV show are very accurate. Yeah, I mean, um, my well, my two hours in Fargo, it just looks like this weird hipster town in the middle of nowhere. Well, that's because we went to downtown Fargo, so, but yeah, it's pretty accurate. It's a pretty hipster town in the middle of yeah, nowhere. <laughs> Oh man, Ian. The uh, the way that you described it as far as just like feeling old. Um, I was still I well for the people at home. I was talking to the guys um, before we started the episode about how um, my wife has a friend that moved down here from New York, and I asked her about how the energy is different down here to, compared to where she got into uh, paganism. I believe she's a Wiccan, uh, from what she said. Um, 
but she said that it's a it's overwhelming for her just as far as how much older like the forests are here compared to what she's used to the wildlife everything like that and it I, to me i'm used to it because i've only ever lived here i mean i've traveled other places but i've never lived anywhere else so i'm i'm just used to this stuff i don't have that like punch in the gut of it being all this energy so cities have too much buzz for you sometimes like if you're in a city for longer than probably a couple of days you probably start getting like annoyed with it I don't like being in big cities. Like I live in a city that has 53,000 people and the area, like the Tri-City area that I live in in Northeast Tennessee has like 150, maybe 200,000 people. That's like, I couldn't imagine living in somewhere like Nashville or like Lexington or anywhere like that just because there's so many people. I grew up in a town that that I grew up, I grew up in a town that had 1500 people in it. Um, and the area that I live in, like the spot I lived in, we might have had 50 people uh, where I'm actually from in Virginia. Uh, so I grad, I like when I went to school at, uh, when I went to high school at DB, I saw more people on a daily basis at school with 2,500 people than lived in the town that I was from in Virginia. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody knew everybody, right? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah. There's people, there's people there that know, oh, some of those old folk I'm sure have died by now. But when I was a kid, there were people there that knew my great grandfather. That's crazy. That's cool, though. Yeah. Uh, and it's like we kind of talked about it a little bit last week. Well, not last week, two weeks ago now. Um, but the uh, that reputation that your family gets in small towns, like if your family is known for not keeping their word and doing bad things, then they're not going to expect anything good from you, even though, you know, it might have been your grandfather that did it. So that that word and like your family's reputation and honor that that sticks with you in those areas well i mean i'm looking back to sean the things we've worked on together two of which have been in a red river gorge uh the first one being the music video you know we had a couple weird you know kind of experiences with that like when we went at night walking walking at night and like we were hearing things in the woods and like you know casey was getting all weird with things in the woods but she's always weird things in the woods yeah casey was like fairies no no (laughs) not not fairies elves it was the elves yeah well, like it's calling her in. Yeah. Well, which is crazy good. because uh, we were hiking not too long ago near where we uh, we were doing that walk, like just past that bridge. And uh, we were like in this one area and all of a sudden she's like, I feel like I need to give to the elves. And I started thinking about it, I'm like, we're literally on the hill that she was like freaking out about with the elves during that. Oh, you know, man. I was like, ooh. <laughs> they were probably like, hey, can you, you know, give me some more food? Right. Yeah. No, no, she gave him more food. <laughs> You know? <laughs> well, I even think like the positive experience of even like, uh, you know, the 15 minute window we had to film that film that scene on the, the, the rock face, you know, where the mist came up as soon as the sun came over the valley. Yeah, like, that's you know, cool. Those are the positive moments I, I feel connected to, like the Appalachian Mountains and stuff like that is when you get those moments of pure magic that, I, that you feel like are just for you, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, that was really cool being uh, about a couple thousand feet up. Well, I think it was a thousand feet up or something like that. Right? Uh, I, I think the valley is like 1400, 1500, something like that. Yeah. So, uh, and then, uh, yeah, you're definitely right. Let's wake up early, get down there. Everything was like foggy as hell. Dude, uh, Gatlinburg, uh, like when I was driving oh, yeah, to Gatlinburg in the morning. Oh, that was foggy as hell in the morning. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, was, well, yeah. Smoky Mountains yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. but, uh, that was, that was really wicked. Um, I actually really like Boomer, West Virginia. It's uh, it's south of uh, Charleston. 
it, it, but it's like an old mining town. So it is, everybody's really nice, but you could tell some people are kind of strung out. Right. On like but, bills or something. That's sadly, that's, that's the sad thing about yeah. a lot yeah. of those small towns. It's I'm a beautiful search- town though. I'm on the search for a small town to kind of like move to, so to speak. Uh, Cause I am getting a little tired of living in Lexington as much as I like it. I, I just want something smaller, but I feel like my parameters are so specific. Cause I want a small mountain town somewhere in the Appalachians that isn't impoverished and ruled by drugs, which is sadly, cause like the good side of those small towns is really pleasant. Cause it is people that know each other. It's tight knit community. Lots of times really supportive of each other, but sadly a lot of those communities are really overrun with a lot of the negative issues that come with the Appalachia region as well. Yeah. Well, part it's... of that whole, Oh, yeah i'm sorry caleb (laughs) (laughs) um what i was going to say it's like part of that whole thing is like a big part of the appalachian mountains a lot of the families here is that we were all coal miners for a long time uh like when yeah i don't want to get like political or anything like that but whenever the government started putting all all the regulations and wanting to move to greener energy they shut down a lot of the mines and i know like my area all the like specifically the area i'm from like 90% of the, the places that people live used to like grew out of being these little small uh, company towns where you actually got paid company money. You only were able to buy stuff at the company store, things like that. It was basically, it was basically like indentured servitude or like uh, slavery of a way. Yeah. Just because they always get in debt. And then once the mines went away, there wasn't anything left. The only thing left to do was to make drugs, sadly. Well, some of them uh, got hurt on the job and stuff, and they get addicted to pills uh, mm-hmm. because the doctor gives them enough pills to get them, you know, get them through, and then they just take them off. They don't slowly wean them down like you're supposed to with those, and then they end up moving to go and try to get pills somewhere else and then go on the harder drugs like heroin and stuff like that, and it, it, things get pretty sad. Um, I'm sure you see it a lot more. It, it, it's all over. It's it's just not like Appalachia either. It's it's in a lot of country towns. It's like that. Like it's all hard work, like farm work and stuff. People get hurt, and doctors just put them on all this shit, and then they take them off of it right away without slowly weaning them right. off. Right. Well, everyone I know uh, here in Kentucky that has ever been uh, addicted to anything or you know been in rehab, it's always the same story. It's always they you were out in eastern Kentucky. They got hurt on the job. They went to the doctor and the doctors, I mean, out in those areas just aren't that good, do- good of doctors. You know, they're, you know, pretty crappy. Here you go. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, you got, <laughs> you broke your arm. Here's some hard drugs, you know? <laughs> and yeah. Like the Jesus. one guy I know that, you know, luckily has been able to get off of it. I mean, he literally broke his hand. That was it. Like he broke his hand on a job and then that led to him getting addicted to heroin. And, you know, it's something That's so sad. simple and, you yeah. know, it, it messed up his life for like six years, something like that. Yeah, it's sad. Um, yeah, but uh, what Caleb was saying, like, yeah, it's everything's a political effect. I, I, and I think the doctors have something to do with that, too, in some areas. That's why you need to have a witch doctor. Right. Well, even like uh, <laughs> right? my, my grandparents here in Lexington, uh, my parents have always been onto them because they, they always jokingly say they're more into witch doctors than real doctors. And then as a yeah. child, I always was like, oh, OK, yeah, I just kind of went along with my parents said. And now that I'm older, like I become it. like them. <laughs> yeah. That actually reminded me of something growing up. There was always, especially when I was around my grandparents and where they, they've been in that area so much longer than I was at, you know, of just off of age, they, like, if you were sick, they would go out and they would find, you know, they tell you about these, like these specific routes that you can go and get 
or the bark of this tree that you could get, and then that would make you feel better. There was all these, like all the home remedies. Yeah. No. Which I kind of just have, I kind of just have this like, this idea in my head or like this image of kind of like the Appalachian like culture is very similar almost to like some of like the Louisiana Bayou culture, but more up north and in the mountains instead of the swamps. It's kind of like what I'm getting a little bit. So sitting here uh, listening. I, I think a lot of the, well, it, like I said before, and what Caleb said, it like it, it's depends on the area and stuff like that. But I think a majority mm-hmm. of it, where it comes down to it, it started with Native American stuff. And then mm-hmm. we brought African slaves over that brought conjure over from Africa. And they were down, uh, that was from like uh, uh, what the Caribbean. And then they moves up from there, slavery and stuff. And they had their conjure they did and mixed in with that. Irish folklore from the Irish Ger- Germanic all mixed together and you just have this this jumble of a pretty cool uh backwoods mountain you know which like it's kind of tribalism yeah. a little bit but it's, 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 it's really cool though yeah it's witch magic but um I mean it's really cool the, the more i read on some of the stuff and the more i have friends that i talk to about it and my family members that grew up in these areas like it's like my two uncles are around my age but they grew up in like uh like in tennessee and stuff so it's like i'm close to my uncle tony and and all that but it's like they uh their outlook on some stuff is different than somebody from ohio like in northeast ohio on some stuff, not everything. We're all humans and we all have, you know, do whatever, but like certain ways, certain things are done in certain areas, you know? Well, um, the idea of it, it's weird once you, especially, I mean, Kentucky, you have the holler culture, like holler culture yeah. is probably the closest to Appalachian culture we have here. And it's like the rules there are completely different. You know, the, you know, they have their own way of governing themselves and, you know, no one, the people have tried to stop them. And I mean, there was that really famous, um you know story or infamous story of that reporter trying to report about the appalachians uh way back in like the 20s or 30s and then he came into the haulers of kentucky ended up getting shot and killed because he was on someone's land that you know it's just like well you don't go on that guy's land that was just everyone knew you didn't go on that guy's land and so you know but he didn't know that and it's just one of those things where it's the unwritten law of the land and that changes based on whatever hauler you go to and you know even their their perception of christianity is so bizarre you know, even Christianity moving over here from you know, Catholicism over to Protestantism, the moment it got into haulers, it took on its own life as well. Snake handlers. Yeah, that's what I was getting to. Snake handlers. Toss the snakes for Jesus. I don't have no, no experience with snake handlers, but <clears throat> there's, I think where I'm from, just pretty much everybody is, they're all like free will Baptist or a Baptist of a kind. And it's yeah. uh, like you, you get baptized, you're good. <laughs> like Some we of the, like, we got a hard enough life to, to not worry about sinning. Yeah. Some of the uh, some of the some of the old, you know, uh, like I was saying before with the uh, the conjure mixed with the Irish folklore and the Germanic stuff. I, I I think some of the Christianity from the Irish folklore, the the Irish Christianity came over in there, like kind of mixed with it because they still. Some of those old time witch doctors, like they do, uh, or families like that, believe certain folklores and stuff, but they still 
like uh there's old tales of like don't go down by this creek because if you stand down by this creek in this holler uh for too long <clears throat> at night the devil's gonna snatch you up by this rock yeah i'm sure I, i'm sure you've heard about stuff like that it's like the devil will take you away if you're in that one spot or or like banshees which is irish right banshees yeah. are irish yeah, and they, are irish. yeah and, and they talk about banshees and like hill folklore well was yeah, it, there's um, like oh go ahead Ian. there's there's another like irish folklore that involving um is it, oh, it starts with the k it's not like kelpsies kelpies they're they're it's a, basically a creepy like swamp horse thing that lives near rivers and marshes and stuff like that and it's like a it's a children's story of like you don't go near the river's edge at a certain time because these creepy horse swamp demon things will basically eat you <laughs> you know it's, it's like, that, like with the banshees yeah it, it's <laughs> it's it's probably like a, it's probably yeah, a playoff of those i'm sure stuff like that has yeah definitely carried over from like irish folklore for sure i think it's yeah. kelpies kelpies that's yeah it's kelpies that's what it is they're freaky swamp horse demon things that eat children if i've you seen go some cool too late i've seen some cool drawings of those things online the kelpies though yeah but they're mainly in like in the sea like i i yeah i, I didn't know it's like it's... coastline stuff and then some river stuff as well yeah that's cool well there's a very extensive uh like list of weird like folk creatures especially in kentucky like we have there's like a folk legend here of like a frog like a killer frog that exists because most people don't know kentucky has like a decent amount of swampy land especially to the west uh around the west mississippi it's very swampy over there and so there's this whole folk folklore legend about this like bog creature that was basically a giant toad that would like eat you if you went out into like the waters at late at night or something like that um and then there's like you know of course uh, i i always like look around really suspiciously before i say this there's lots of skinwalker legends here in uh like southwest uh, southeast kentucky as well um and in fact there's actually there was a small documentary filmed about it um i think in one of the like you know uh destination truce or one of those uh it's literally yeah. in wolf county as well there's like a huge amount of werewolf legends out in wolf county kentucky or something that's funny that you say that because like up here and I mean, we've talked about it, you know, not so much on the podcast, but we have a lot of that kind of stuff here in the north. Um, there's actually an entire book series that was written about werewolves like it was a fictional story, but it was based off of real legends of like little packs of like werewolves that were like a family or like a group of families up in these like these parts of Minnesota. And I remember I came across the book when I was in high school. And we had traveled, uh, it was more like I said, more northern Minnesota near like Black Duck area. So almost like four hours from where I'm at, closer to like the Canadian border, um, where it, where I came across it, we were, I think it was a football game or something that we had, we had gone, gone up there and I stopped near like a gift shop or whatever. And that's where I found this book. And as I'm reading it, I'm just like, holy shit, like I know this, I know this like road, I know this town, you know, all the stuff that they were basing it off of. And it was all based off of the regions that these stories come from. I'm just like, I mean, I've seen, seen and heard some freaky things in my time up here, you know, as a kid and growing up in these parts. And yeah, there's like there's certain things that people say kind of like with the don't go to certain parts, you know, at night because you might disappear or whatever, things like that. And it, yeah, it's, it's interesting how even like certain parts of the United States still have like stories that are very similar to each other, but they all have their own little like flair. 
Well, it's funny. I was just doing uh, research. Uh, I was just looking up folk monsters on here because I, I, I forgot that there is like a lot of folk monsters in the Appalachian region. And one I mean is clearly obvious is the Mothman. I mean, that's from West yeah. Virginia right there. Uh, and that's like one of the most famous. It's on the American... border of Ohio. It's on the yeah. border of Ohio and West Virginia. That bridge. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Yeah. I'm sure as soon as we said that, like Logan in the community, his ears probably perked up. He loves Mothman. He's literally been the that town. He's like touched the Mothman statue's butt, and he made that very clear that he's like, I touched the butt. <laughs> well, and uh, ghost hunting. I feel like uh, a lot of those things, like uh, Louisville, Kentucky, you have, uh, what was it, the Waverly Hills Sanitarium? Is that a Mothman thing? Or is that just a moth, Sean? It's just a moth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that you just so happen to moth. have. Yeah, since you're saying that. Uh, Sorry. So, here's, here's, uh, here's something I just, I'm just looking up some things just to see if I can jog my memory on like, stuff from my childhood. Right. But uh, I got chills whenever I read it. Um, but wind chimes will call up the dead. Yeah. I got wind chimes in the back of my house. Yeah. I've, I've always seen wind chimes on, on porches and everything like that and never thought that much of it. But something about that, that gave me chills. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ed educate me on this story as I get interrupted here. Like what's the, what's the story behind the wind chimes? Like it doesn't it's, give it's any. Just, it, it doesn't give anything else. It I feel like has, I've heard that as well. That. Well, it's interesting because so, those, uh, those like bone chimes you see in like the Vikings TV show, like everyone has in their house, is just like a stack of bones. Like I think that's yeah. actually a historical thing. Like that was a cultural thing. Uh, so and I think they were associated with the dead as well. So that might be one of the things that was transferred over from the was, Germanic folklore. Was it just like a I thing guess. to keep like? the dead like to keep like the spirits away or like Draugr away i guess if you were yeah I, I think something with Draugr. okay like, here's the, here's two things one i was told as a child because i remember it well the other one i've always seen these and it was it's just an accepted thing uh it's like that's just the design that quilts always have but the first one is don't walk on someone's grave or else they uh, you will be haunted by their ghost yeah you know, that, i remember being told that as a small child when we would go see <laughs> like our family's graves my mom would tell me that, dude. My I mom still would tell me that, that shit. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I don't step on people's graves if I can, like, if I can help it. If I know where they're, where they're at, I will walk around it. And if I can't tell, then I will, I will speak to them and say, "I don't mean to step on you." If I do, like, so right. please don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm always always say, call me home. <laughs> yeah, because some of those old, some of those old gravestones, especially like in the cemetery where I'm from, are from like the the mid 1800s. And they're just like a small little rock that's all that's left of the headstone. You can't tell where the grave is. You don't know where the footstone is. Oh. Yeah, well, that's, that's like um, back from the, the first fall gathering when Chris and I had gone to uh, Daniel, was it Daniel Boone's? Yeah, the, the oh, cemetery Daniel's that Daniel grave, Boone yeah. is. Yeah, like that cemetery, I remember we had been walking around it. And yeah, like some of the, the gravestones were just so old like they were literally just a slab there was nothing left written on it because they had been around for so long and it was just it was so creepy and eerie to be around and i remember both of us were just kind of like now nah, we're gonna stay on on the path like on the trail like we are not venturing off like even remotely close to these things on the ground you know just because it gave like that vibe off and i was like i'm not trying to take anything home with me no the, the second one is a, a star pattern quilt will protect your bed well on your bed will protect you from evil spirits. And that's something I've always seen, especially in the old folks' houses. Like my grandparents and all their, like their brothers and sisters, they would have these. And it's just something, I guess, that's been passed down. Like that's what those have. It was never told to me. That's, hmm. uh, oh, you're, you're talking about the quilt. Those are usually passed down in the family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And then if it starts to deteriorate, they start to weave it into another quilt or something like that. So is there like a star pattern like on it? Then yep. is yeah. that what I'm like? Like it's like you know, stars. Like it's like uh, like the way that quilts are made is like putting together just like different pieces of cloth to make a design. Yeah, and then that's like they would be like the pieces of cloth would be put in in the shape of a star. Oh, uh, okay. It it kind of looks similar to the. You know, on barns like those barns and uh, that we would see outside of Daniel Boone in the yeah. hills, and they would have like the, the quilt pattern on the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's similar to that. It, oh, I think okay. it's the same idea, though. Am I right, Caleb? It's the same idea. Um, can you say it again? I was like the barns would have like the quilts on the outside, like the giant quilted stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the same. Yeah, the same idea. I would, I would imagine. Like I said, it was something that was never it was never spoken or said to me, but I remember I know I saw I saw those symbols all over stuff, and it makes sense as to why I saw it. Sometimes you would see them over like a door frame in the, of the house, yeah, or on the door itself. There would be like a wooden star. So one idea for you, Sean. Uh, you know, it's up to you to explore it if you want. But I think it'd be kind of cool if you did the music that explored, um, like the like folk legends as far as like the monsters and stuff like that if you just like wrote a whole song about that frog creature you're just like you know oh, what let's, <laughs> let's see what happens when i write about the kentucky bog frog <laughs> you know no, i mean it would be it, that that might be kind of cool down the road the sad right. thing is that it might be well i i have the whole cover album done waiting to be released and then i have almost a whole another album already done. Dang. <laughs> so i i just yeah my shit's like two years in advance oh my god so it's well, like so Two years from now, guys, Bog Frog by uh, OC the Jupiter coming out. <laughs> Bog Frog. That, that, that's what I should call it, Bog Frog. Watch I, I it be the it. best thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Mark it down. <laughs> December 5th, 2021. Jacob gave Sean the idea for Bog Frog. You know? I found two things funny. that they are... I've never heard either of these, but to me, they set, they sound like a like an offering to a land spirit of some kind because of what they do oh lavater uh, yeah it sounds it, to me it sounds like that so it says to gather acorns during a thunderstorm and place them on the on the windowsills of your home to protect it from lightning strikes oh and then cool. also that's there's really another handy. one of leave a single apple hanging at the end of the harvest lest you to attract the devil uh, oh, interesting mm. Yeah, that is interesting. code word for pagan stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. It sounds, yeah. it sounds pagany. Well, I was going to mention, uh, you know, one of the things that I honestly really loved about when I went into rural Bavaria is all like the small little folk legends and, uh, you know, small little things that they still do, superstitions. And like the sad reality is I feel like um, Appalachian uh, folk tales and things like that get a bad rep because of the negative things tied to it, such as um, the drug abuse, which does exist, the moonshine and days, the crime, um, you know, the poverty, uh, you know, the, even the accent, you know, of the language. But it is fascinating because really when you boil it down, it's the same as the folk legends that existed in uh, Europe, all across Europe. It just transferred yeah. over here. You know, it, you know, names change. Like, again, I'm very critical of what we call things here. Like here in Kentucky, one of the really, one of the, my favorite hikes now was called Pilot Knob. Like, ugh, what kind of name is that? Pilot Knob. 
but it sounds then, like you're flying your penis around right like but it's one of the it, it's like but it's really cool because it's the supposedly the legend is that's where daniel boone first saw the bluegrass region of kentucky it was the first european explorer to see the bluegrass region and it's like oh so this is a really cool place why couldn't you give it a better name and yeah uh, you know, then I go to Germany and everything there is called something really cool, like, you know, Alpsi or, uh, you know, uh, Freihei. you know, when you say stuff like that, it sounds really fancy and cool. And then, you know, just because of the language and the, the idea around Appalachian folktales, I feel like it gets a bad rep. Pilot knob. Pilot knob. <laughs> <laughs> There's some cool sounding uh, areas, uh, I think. Uh I don't know. It's like Jefferson National Forest. Well, we, we name a lot of stuff after presidents and political people. Ew. Uh, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, like Daniel I mean, Boone is one of the weirdest. I, I mean, he's almost a full collection at this point because everyone yeah. in Kentucky has a story of how they met their family met Daniel Boone at some point. Um, and so I think it's cool that we have a forest named after Daniel Boone. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say he was a perfect individual, but he was definitely a very larger than life individual in the early days of uh, what became America, just because of the stories around it. Like it, we're not even, he's almost like the Ragnar Lothbrook of early America, because we're not even sure what's real in his story. You know, there's so like he was all over the place. He was east. He was west. He you know came to Kentucky, went down to Tennessee, died in Missouri or something like that. Fought Indians, fought other people, uh, you know, had this many kids. His wife died, married this person. Like, it's hard to say what actually is true about Daniel Boone. So the cool, uh, cool names that are around everywhere still are, are from uh, like Native American areas, like Aldero, Aldero. Appalachia, you do see a lot of like old Native American street names or city names or stuff like that. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah. I, I know what you mean. You see, you see a lot. You see a lot of like uh, Indian sounding names. Which I mean, being in the area, I, like everybody talks about like the Cherokee. Like where I'm from, most everybody like says that they, you know, they they had a Cherokee princess somewhere in their family line back, like their great grandmother or something like that. Um, but the, the names are still persistent yeah. as far as like what, what, you know, what they call certain areas. I don't have it so much for like where I'm, where I'm from, because it was names that were given by like the people that, uh, settled the area back in the early 1800s. Gotcha. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I was thinking about bringing this up earlier because it is a sensitive topic because often the ways that these relationships happened were not good ways. But at the end yeah. of the day, the reason that most people have some amount of Native American in them is because most people that moved west ended up taking the Native American wife or, you know, un other unsavory, less savory things would happen. Um, but regardless, the majority of people that live in the Appalachian region have some form of Native American ancestry now, um, whether it's from good reasons or bad, you know, it, it's what we're what we're left with i mean i didn't choose what happened in the past but it's part of my bloodline now and you know i don't know how positive or negative that relationship was but like you were saying sean is as people would uh, come into america you know whether it was the irish or the germanic they would bring or even the african they would bring their folk legends with them and yeah. i would also assume that when these relationships happen whether again whether good or bad those native beliefs, yeah those native beliefs would fuse with the local beliefs of you know the protestant christians moving west as well and so a lot of the folk tales we're left with are probably you know native american in root to some to some degree yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, even like uh, I know Keaton was talking about it down in Tennessee when we went to uh, we climbed that mountain about the blue eyed people. Because uh, Keenan's like a, a fairly a large amount Cherokee, isn't he? 
I'm not mistaken, I believe he is. Yeah, because he was over. He was doing Standing Rock stuff. Like I think he's like one eighth or one sixth, something like that. That's cool. Um, but yeah, we were uh, climbing a mountain with him back in February. This famous story, and uh, that we like to talk about a lot. Uh, but the one of the cool things is he was telling us about the legend of the blue eyed people, which were a race of supposed giants that are part of Native American lore in um, the Smoky Mountain region in particular. And they would only come out at night and they had large blue eyes and were like tall people. And they were, you know, would take children and things like that. And, you know, kind of had a folklore, you know, essence to them. It basically sounds like they're taking, you know, it sounds like people like Europeans taking some, you know, conquering a village. Either that, or I mean, even you have, um, was it the changelings and Scottish folktale? Oh, yeah. Oh, those are spoofy. We don't don't (laughs) talk about changelings. Uh, Speaking on the Cherokee stuff, I just found something that sounds a lot to me like, it sounds to me a lot like elf. So there was a uh, Cherokee little people, and it says that it was mostly like North Carolina, Tennessee, and Georgia. But they, uh, they're un- like they're unseen, like they're invisible. They can only be seen. I guess they can only be like seen to like a spiritual way by the way it sounds. But I mean, that's how the Icelandic people saw it as well. Like only people that were clairvoyant could actually see the Icelandic elves. Or in Icelandic folk tales, the elves had a liquid that if they rubbed in your eyes, you could see them as well. Well, yeah. Then you get some some folk tales where it's if like an elf like spits in your eye. That well, can also like allow you. I'm trying to remember what the spit that removes it. Oh, is, is that what it was? I thought there was one where is it removes. I'm pretty like sure, and I at least in the little book of the little people I have, um, it talks about how they had a liquid they would rub in your eye, and then once they once they did what you know you completed the task for them, they would spit in your eyes to remove it. Oh, okay. That yeah, they would spit into your eye and wipe so. it away. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Looking into this here a little bit, there was, uh, it says that there were three tribes of little people. It was one known as the Laurel people that were mis- uh, mischievous, kind of like what we had with like our experiences with elves, you know, throwing things at throwing things at you and stuff like that. The rock people that were somewhat unpleasant, I guess it'd be kind of like they don't like you to be on their land. You don't have to be. And then there was the dogwood people that were good and caretakers. And from what I was reading on here, apparently that they would help. They would help like the uh, the doctors or like the the shamans of these tribes and with healing people because they wanted to teach people how to interact with nature like the uh uh the healing herbs and things like that i'll write about the dogwood people that's yeah that sounds pretty cool and the rock people and uh all the little people and the bog frog and the bog frog <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a really like trash core song bog frog <laughs> dogwood frog dogwood bog frog Dog- yeah, oh, that's, that's terrible. Tro- that's that's some Trogdor level. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Now we just sound like crappy po- slam poetry. Dog yeah. frog, dog bog, dog wood, dog frog bog. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, uh, like mostly we like we keep talking like folklore and things like that. But, uh, one thing that I that I remember from uh, being a child was the way that dogwood trees are seen. And they are seen like they're seen as like a, a very good thing. Like if you have them on your property, then you're you're supposed to have like more prosperity and things like that. That's like cool. they were like a good omen in a way. So um, I should plant dogwood trees on my my front yard. Yeah, and I think that's one reason <laughs> that in, the, in the south, I guess specifically like the 
the Southwest Virginia region. Um, I don't know so much about Southeastern Kentucky. I assume it's about the same in Northeast Tennessee. Almost every house has dogwood trees in front of it. That's cool. I didn't know that. Oh, I guess that would make, yeah, I guess that would make sense if you yeah. trying to do it for prosperity. We put literally plant them along like the drive, basically going up to the house or up to yeah. the property. Um, another thing from it, which it, it had a Christian aspect, so that the uh, the four marks that were on the uh, on the dog, because there was like like an actual legend that went along with it. But there was these four like red marks on the white on the tree that had the white flowers, and I believe they were white marks on the ones that had the pink or red flowers. But it was said that a dogwood tree is what was used to make the uh, the cross that Jesus was crucified on. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. the dogwood trees felt bad about it afterwards, and so that's why they grow in this twisted kind of gnarly fashion. So uh, like, you know, they don't, they don't, they grow tall, but they like the trunk stops only a couple, a few feet off the ground. So they can't be turned into much things other than like walking sticks or staffs. Um, and then their, their mark for that promise to never harm anybody else again was to have those, uh, those four marks as far as like the, the crown, the thorn of crowns, the, the nails in the feet and the nails in both hands. Yeah. Stigmata. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So one thing, uh, Ian, that you got out of context the other night, because Blade and I were texting, was like the pictures of those like really old trees, like the really wide ones. Um, so the conversation kind of came from we were talking about like ancient America um, and something that just isn't talked about because, you know, we have our ideas. You know, we've seen the movies and that's usually how people get a lot of their, you know, implants, implants of how America used to look like, like the Patriot. You know, we just see that. But I think a lot of people don't realize is how big the trees would have been the first time people came over here. I mean, something that um, Jeff and I in the community were talking about, because he's from Maine, is that one of the reasons that this like, in, like the pine trees of Maine were so prized is because one tree could be the mast of a of a galleon. And so like, you know, basically these trees were massive when people first came over here and then like chestnut trees, which are basically almost extinct at this point because of the blight that happened in the, I believe the 1800s or the early 1900s. Um, all those trees grow huge and you can still see it in some areas of the country because a lot of people don't realize is a lot of America has been clear cut at least once throughout its history. Yeah. And a lot of the trees we see now are only less than a hundred years old. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. that's, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I looked and say the area that I'm from in Virginia, it's uh, there was pictures taken in 1900 of these men that were cutting down these giant trees with it with those big giant uh, cross saws. You had one man on yeah. each side, and they were like 18 foot long or something like that. But they were they had they had felled one, and he was standing on like across like at the cross section. He was maybe I would say like off of average, he was probably like about five six, five seven, something like that. That's how most people are in that area. But that tree was like two to three times his, you know, his height and width. You could stand two yeah. or three more on top crazy. of when I'm well, well, yeah, like I remember you were telling me this, Jacob, when we were exploring uh, the gorge, was that, you know, a lot of the trees that are there now were part of like a reforestation um, project. So they were, you know, less than 100 or so years yeah. old, roughly. Yeah, we were even to, in like, the area. They could have been. Yeah, there's one area in the gorge that I have found that was not clear cut because it was in a like a like a cave system, almost like it's like mm -hmm. in a almost like a horseshoe system. So they just never like it was too complicated to get back there and yeah. probably cut down a few trees. And there's one pine tree back there. I mean, it is probably it would take 10 to 14 people to wrap their arms around it. And it is That's awesome. I would assume based on the height of everything, it's probably between two to three hundred feet tall. 
right. Well, next time I'm in Kentucky, we're going to go find Oh, and it's right next to a natural arch and next to a waterfall. Oh, we, it's near the arch. Yeah, see, we couldn't get there because yep. the the mudslide when we yep. tried to go because we would have we definitely would have seen it because I think that's where we. Yeah, uh, Sean, it was that trail that we filmed part of the music video on. If you kept going and you kept going up, eventually you would have run into. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, but it's like it's super cool. But knowing that that was the normal back then, like when people were first coming through this way, that yeah, was what every force would have looked like is insane to even imagine what that would have been like. And the spirits and the energies that would have come with that too, I, I can only fathom. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad, but at least at least they try to reforestize some of the stuff. So, I mean, in theory, you know, another hundred years from now, like you know, as long as some, like a place like Red River Gorge or the national parks, in theory, you know, will be pretty pretty amazing looking more so than they are now, a hundred years from now, because the trees will hopefully not be cut down again. We're we're yeah. just not going to see it. I mean, yeah, unless like we get robot bodies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want a robot body. That sounds dumb. Well, I don't know, Jacob, that one night when uh we were seeing the elves at the night and then we saw we looked down, there was like some alien shit happening right by that. Oh river. yeah, like with that glowing thing in the water. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, dude, there's some weird stuff out there. Like Sean, one of these days we'll finally get you to a gathering and you'll get to experience some of the weird things we've seen. Like you guys want to take peyote? Whoa, hold on. Let's see. <laughs> 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 out of the podcast. <laughs> Hit the break, Sean. Calm down. Um, I'm just kidding. I mean, we've talked about mushrooms on the podcast. This is where we, this is our safe space to talk about things like that. We've talked about mushrooms before on here. Um, okay. I, ironically, on the episode we had Ben on, because it, it, the, uh, it's, this, it was funny because Ben, we brought on specifically to talk about parenting because he was about to be a father. And for yeah. some reason, the first thing we start talking about is psychedelics. And I was like, well, here's where we're going to go. And so we just spent like 30 minutes talking about psychedelics on the episode about parenting. <laughs> Life's too short. Join a cult. <laughs> well, he apparently, like he knows a guy that like was part of a mushroom cult. Like there's whole cults that are built around just mushrooms and psychedelics, which is wild. <laughs> Um, but I mean, you can see why, I mean, I think the, uh, one of the podcasts I listened to, I did not expect this to pop up. It's that minimalist podcast and he's a filmmaker and he interviews other filmmakers and he brought on this like really you know, like new age filmmaker and they were talking and the guy was just like, yeah, I do like an ounce of mushrooms every month, you know, like once a month I've kind of cut back though. And I was like, wow, this guy is just like openly talking about mushrooms. But one of the things that I really appreciated that he said is the reason he thinks everyone should do mushrooms at least once or, you know, once a year is because it resets the way you see the world because we build up those natural barriers. So that yeah. way, because we can't live looking at everything going, wow, that's amazing. Like we were when we were children, the first time yeah. you see a waterfall, the first time you see a butterfly, you can't go, wow, because we can't survive like that because we can't go through our lives. And so what mushrooms do is it removes that barrier that we've built as we've gotten more old and bitter. And so it allows you to see the world really for like the first time again. And I was like, huh, that actually, it actually fits, and I, I kind of like that. that. Makes me want to do it. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> this guy's a great. He must have like some like credit from the mushroom industry because he just sold me on mushrooms. Like, <laughs> there you go. Oh God, do that and bring a bunch of ritual stuff. Oh man, start talking to fire. Okay. Okay. How how much do we think, <laughs> how much did we talk about this before, guys? Uh, mushrooms. I can't remember how deep we went. Did I say I did mushrooms? All right, we're going that far. So back uh, last time I. <laughs> so. Uh, 
we always do these at very private events. You know, it's always like, you know, set groups of friends, you know, safe environments, that kind of thing. It's not, it's not a very common thing that we do. It's very rare. That's what's yeah. best find that. Um, but the last time we did it, I did, it was the, I've only done it a couple times. And the last time I did it, Ian, stop. I see you laughing down there because you were there. You were there. <laughs> you were my accomplice in this situation. <laughs> uh, but I did a ritual while on mushrooms. And honestly, it was awesome because you were so much more open. Imagine. You're so much more open to the energies that come at you. And so, like, normally I go out to get my into the headspace for a ritual, you know, bang the drum a few times. You know, it takes me like 30, 40 minutes and to connect to the gods. And so I went out there and this was like five hours in. So I was starting to come down and I went out to get ready for the ritual and I closed my eyes and I was just like Freya. And the moment I said it, all I could see in my mind was like rainbow hair and like rainbow raindrops. And I was like, oh, this is Freya. Hi Freya, it's so nice to talk to you. And it was like immediately, I was just immediately connected to Freya. And I was like, wow, this is really good. <laughs> and it was the most like just transient, like, but calm ritual at the same time. It's not like it was explosive. It was just like, oh, like, wow, you know? Yeah, I just like, you were gone for, yeah, like 10 minutes tops. And then you came back and you're like, and we're like, oh, well, we're doing this? Yeah. When you told me to put, to put some wood on the fire. That was big fire. fire. Put all the wood on the fire? That was big fire, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that, was, that was big fire but it worked out it worked out though because i did big fire at my caveman thing and then it rained it downboard so yeah like right after the fire yeah down. yeah well it was also oh, the get uh the get together we had with a random glass exploding too the glass just literally blew up in between me and uh mary and myself while we were just kind of like at the kitchen table or the kitchen counter it was like yeah you me mary and casey and it was just funny because Casey and I both looked at each other and we were just like, Loki. And then like, we just, we just accepted it. And Mary is just like doing her thing. And then all of a sudden just all hell broke loose outside. And there was just like, wind started picking up and then it started just downpouring. And like, you had run outside Jacob to start helping everybody try to like collect everything off the tables before they yeah. just blew away and disappeared. Well, and then, Caleb, you ran outside to like throw something into the lake, right? Just be like, Loki, I'm appeasing you. <laughs> Yeah. No, I was afraid of like, so as soon as like the glass blew up, I was like, okay, this is weird. And then the fucking door just gets blown open by wind. And I'm like, okay, somebody get me a fucking a bottle opener. I ran out to my car and got like the last like good beer that I had. And the power and went out I went, too. Yeah. I just ran outside and I, I spoke to him and I'm like, I felt something like that. And I was like, calm the fuck down. <laughs> Take this. <laughs> Please, yeah, you were like beer. Yeah, you were just like, please don't, please don't kill us on our way home. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, jeez. Well, on that note, this episode is uh, past the hour mark. So, Sean, I want to give it to you <laughs> one last time. This is your, you know, tell us, tell the world what you're doing. What do you want people to know? What do you got working? What's out? Where can people find you? Give them the deets. Uh, OC and the Jupiter. If you Google uh, OC and the Jupiter, I'm the only thing that pops up besides the metal band oc osi or or some sort of satellite thing up in outer space o dot s dot i <laughs> it's all about aliens right <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh i got new stuff in the works that'll be released soon and uh i there's a lot of tour plans so plan on doing stuff and 
I do plan on coming to one of your gatherings in the future to play. I know we could, we so, almost got this one to work, but you are, you had something going on that week. I'm going to a freaking wedding. I forgot ah, during freaking Yule. <laughs> <laughs> because I called I I called Jacob. I was like, dude, I am there. I, I I'm there for this for for this Odin Yule right. I'm I'm so there because you know I, I I was feeling it. It's like Odin saying you should go, and you I'm like, go. I I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go. Hey, Kate, and nope. Oh, Loki. <laughs> Find a way. You know? Uh, sometime soon, but just look, look out for that, right? I'll be coming down to hang out with you guys for the whole weekend. It's usually a weekend, right? Or is yeah, it it's like Friday through Monday. Yeah, we do. So. But Sean, it's been a pleasure having you on here. I hope you've had, uh, had yeah, a good thanks. time with us. I told you it's just a conversation. That's all it really is. Yeah, it's just <laughs> what we usually talk about. Right, yeah. We just record it and let people listen to it and laugh with us or judge us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but everyone, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, please make sure you check out uh, Sean's work with OC and the Jupiter. Um, if you want a quick access to that, I have, I believe, three videos posted. I have the first interview, which is just Know Your Folk with OC and the Jupiter. Uh, first time Sean and I met. And then we did the uh, music video as well, Appalachia. And then we also, he was a part of the Southern Gathering video where I went up and recorded him and Harry Pettigrew or Pettigo. Um, uh, Pettigo. Pettigo, yeah. And they recorded yeah. some music I used for that video. So uh, him and I have uh, worked together for a while and I'm sure we'll work together for a while more, um, you know, and we got a lot more cool hill magic to talk about. I actually did play a banjo on that. That's oh, yeah, a real yeah. banjo on that, but I sold that. I'll, oh, what? Like all I have is... But I sold that banjo for a couple of guitar pedals. Uh, I got you. I got you. Got my well, six string now. <laughs> got my six string on my back. All right. Regardless, everyone, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. And until the hall, skull, skull. <laughs> <laughs>